Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Spinning the Reel. I'm your host, Evan. And hot off the oven is this bucket of chicken, Cody, guys. That's right. I'm calling myself a bucket of chicken. <laughs> is that a reference to something? No, that's no reference to nothing. I just want a bucket <laughs> of chicken. KFC style. You're going for it. I'd like to take this this time here in the opening to ignore Cody's joke and announce that uh, thanks to my portrayal of the character in a skit in high school, I will be in the new Spider-Man movie. They didn't want to put me in the trailer, Cody. Just they didn't want to spoil it. But wow, yeah. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Congratulations. But every, everybody go see Spider-Man. No way home. I think everyone's going to see Spider-Man before you announced that you'd be in it. And now maybe less people. Do you, will want do you to know see what Spider-Man. my Spider-Man's gimmick is, though? No, what is it? I wear a paper mask and I'm mildly sexist. Wow. Sounds... Have I ever showed you this video? No. I played Spider-Man. I'm Honestly, I'm just concerned by this background picture you have going on here <laughs> of you <laughs> putting your face over. Uh... Oh, my Stewart? God. Anyway, over Christmas everyone Stewart. will see it. It's going to be the image for the, this episode. Nice. We're back to we're back to our art. Let's let's not promise anything. Um, well, I'm not promising anything. What inspired you to do it? I was bored. I had some time. Fair enough. <laughs> Although I think this one would have fit a little bit better if you had done it, Cody. Well, thank if you. We'd use your face instead. Yeah, but then I would have required me to shave. And well, neither of us did. So <laughs> dedication. <laughs> anyway, right we have gone off on a terrible tangent here. <laughs> what are we talking about for the podcast proper? We are talking about Spencer, Kristen Stewart's Pablo latest Lorraine. release. And that guy, or her, sorry, her. Uh, Yeah, we talk about that. It was between that and, like we said, last week in the close, uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog and Red Notice. We both saw Red Notice. Uh, It's not worth really. I didn't see Clifford yet. I'm not saying I'm not going to. Wow, thanks for spoilers. Now, I don't even want to see it. It's a movie. (laughs) Well, that would be a nice twist. Anyways. Although, you want to hear a spoiler of the movie? All right, go ahead. Give it this to thing's me. already like deranged. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> so one of like the, they do like a heist plot in the middle of this thing, and one of the solutions to a problem is an old lady who just loves condensed milk. She just carries around condensed milk with her all the time. And drinking milk grows strong bones. Condensed Don't you forget milk. it. Oh well, regardless, <laughs> drink your milk, grow strong bones. That is my info for the day for you boys and girls yeah we also have a game that cody's invented that i have it's called the netflix minute special okay cool. it may work it may not half Hopefully our games fail that half our games are this. successful uh and then we're gonna close out i just got back from afi fest uh over the last weekend and we're gonna talk a little bit about some of the uh things that we can look forward to that uh that played at that fest so with that cody with all of that are we ready to start Uh, Let me go get my bucket of chicken, yeah. Is she here yet? Not yet, ma'am, no. Then she's late. Yes, she is late. All right, Cody, we are right off the bat here talking about, uh, I guess, an odd choice for our movie of the week because it's probably not the biggest thing releasing this year like red notice is probably uh the big movie of the the week but that movie is boring and let's push it aside we don't need it so we decided that we're going to talk about something a little bit more 
uh, up my alley, if you will, <laughs> but maybe up yours too. Uh, a brief spoiler there. Uh, we're talking about Pablo Lorraine's Spencer, starring Kristen Stewart as uh, Lady Diana. So what is this movie about, Cody? It's about Lady Diana, right? Right? I'm not wrong. I mean, partly, yes. All right. It, anyways, it depicts, it's like a three-day span in 1991 for Lady Diana, who's going up to like the Queen's estate, and it's Christmas Eve, Christmas. One of her many. And yeah, one of her many, and Boxing Day. And it just, they even opening up, uh, opening scene, because it kind of plays out, I feel like it's easily just like, oh, this might be a biopic. It's it's not really. Uh, they mention that off the top. It's like a fable, uh, mm-hmm. kind of their own depiction on maybe how this event would have played out and whatnot. Uh, and we just kind of see her having to deal with being royal and stuff and, and how she kind of is have to dealt with it and how people deal with her and, and her mannerisms and whatnot. And just, you know, living her life for three days, I guess. There you go. So, okay. Before you get into your thoughts on it, I want to ask mm. you a few questions here. Okay. I'm First ready. off, how do you feel about Boxing Day? Do you think we should have Boxing Day? I, I don't care one way or another. It's I an feel like holiday. we have, huh? It's an extra holiday. It is an extra holiday. What is Boxing Day? It's That's day my follow-up Christmas. question. And you know, the English country celebrate. I don't know why. I couldn't tell you. I, I could have looked this up, but I didn't. Yeah. I just thought of it right now. Anyway, I'm, I'm pro Boxing Day. Any, any time to get an extra day off, I'm pro that. So pro Boxing Day as well, Evan. Okay, perfect. The uh, next question that I have for you here, Cody, is uh, how familiar are you with uh, the story of uh, Lady Diana? I'm not too familiar with it. I know of her passing through like a car accident and stuff. I think it was 1996 and stuff. I, I, you know, I was only, what, two, three at the time. Do you mean you weren't watching the entertainment I wasn't, news? I wasn't watching the entertainment two? news. Uh, I haven't really gone back and looked at the story too much. You know, of course, you see headlines for today's royalty and stuff here and there and whatnot. But you know, I'm not one to really follow it. So to say I really know her backstory that well, uh, I, I feel like I got more of that just from watching the movie. Whether that's very accurate or not is, is one thing, which mm-hmm. essentially, again, it that. is a fable. So not really that that accurate but still very compelling sure. uh but no i don't really know the backstory uh, okay. too much or too all well. right my uh my final question for you then is uh not knowing the backstory also knowing that this was like an, a, a more indie film i saw it it's very slow oh hell yeah i thought you were gonna hate this why uh-huh. uh why did this movie not uh not spark that hatred for you <laughs> It's so true. I guess this kind of just goes, I'll throw this in this question into just my initial impression. So it's a slow burn, man. It is such a slow burn. And and I just, I don't know, man, like it, sometimes it's a hit and sometimes it's a miss for these kind of films for me. Um, I think it just comes down to a subject matter and maybe just the artistic feel that I guess, I don't know, sparks an interest in me. And to say that this sparked an interest in me, it, you know, I think it comes down to some artistic, you know, stylistic choices. Uh, I really like like a lot of the set pieces. It's very visually stunning. I feel like, like one of like the coolest scenes is just like, I don't know, just like, I really feel like I'm part of the family. Like as this movie progresses, it's like, especially like at the dinner table scenes and stuff, they're just really nice set pieces. It's vividly very colorful. The cinematography I think is just exceptionally done really well. You know, it just feels like you're in the moment during this 1991 kind of Christmas. Like you, you just feel that vibe. Uh, the score I think plays really well into this. Like there's, it's 
it's just like the first 20 minutes it's like there's not even like talking you know it's just it's like this just score of her just driving the countryside trying to get to where she needs to go which is the estate and stuff and you know she gets out at one point and like the only thing like we hear her say like in the first like 10 minutes is like do you know where I am like where are we like that's like her question and stuff yeah um I don't know it's just all of those elements as slow as this movie is and I will say it's definitely not for everybody I I I did take one of my friends he offered to go see it it was uh Justin and I told him, like, dude, get ready, man. This is going to be a slow burner. Like, I know that for a fact. And, what did he you know, think? he has, he, he's kind of indifferent about it. I feel like when all is said and done, it's like, he doesn't really know what happened in terms of that story. Like, he doesn't like, you know, it, these are movies that you really have to like, I want, I'm not saying for the, they're for the critic or anything, but you really have to have understood a lot of these other types of movies that play out this way to, I think, get like a deeper appreciation and I still think there's a deep appreciation for this movie when it's all said and done, because those first, I'd say, you know, when this last 30 minutes of this movie, like that last act, super duper compelling after all of that buildup and stuff of, you know, trying to figure out what she's going through. And I really like those aspects of the movie, too, where it's like the slow burner, but you're not really held by the hand to obviously she's going through her divorce and you kind of quickly get to that at, at, at early on in the film. but all of those layers that build up to how she's feeling and, and whatnot and how people react around her. It's just like, it's not just, I don't feel like it's just straightforward. It's, you know, I put in my review real quick on letterbox. It's like poetry in motion. It's just like, here she is feeling very, you know, caged in, not being able to like be herself. And you just, it's also just kind of relatable. You know, it's, we, we, we see this royalty and stuff or, you know, even people in limelight, you know, just stars of Hollywood and stuff, you know, I'm not going to compare necessarily to that, but in a way it's like, you know, Oh, you know, what, why do they have any worries in the world when they don't have to lift a finger and do anything or have the money to speak for itself. And it's like, when you're royalty, it's like, man, it, it is a chore. It is a job. And it's not always, it's not always fun, you know? So I, I'll get, I'll get into that stuff later, but like I said, slow burner. And I, I don't, I don't know. just hit some artistic stylistic choices and K Stu just absolutely kills it. And so it's just all of those elements for whatever reason come together and, and give me something where I wasn't like disappointed or like turned away from, like, it's kind of like a dream state. Like everything kind of just played out and you're kind of just as much as nothing really happens. And there's some very impactful, powerful scenes. You're like, Whoa, like super intense um it's still like overall it's just like this this dream state as it all progresses and plays out where you just you just kind of glued to like whatever it is that's going on and when it's over it's like okay there's something there it's something impactful so yeah i really like this movie as you might imagine that i would yes um, i imagined it. it and thought this is evan's kind of movie i watched um, the first two minutes and i'm like yep evan loves this Absolutely. So, so much stuff here. Uh, let's, let's start with the one issue I had with it is I think it tried to be representative uh, of too many things It tried to be a little too metaphorical in a lot of different ways, just like stick to one of them. Um, the, the main thing was, you know, like the, the pheasant hunt and, you know, a, a bird um, bred for slaughter in a gilded cage with the walls kind of closing in. And I, and that really worked for me, but there was also that whole subplot about the, um, I don't remember the, uh, the, I don't know if she's a prior queen or princess or something, but 
the woman who was like beheaded because the king wanted to like marry somebody else or something like that. Mm-hmm. That that reference to there was a lot there was a lot going on in terms of metaphors for the way that Diana was feeling throughout this whole process and I really kind of wish they would have just simplified to to just because the bird in the cage thing is is kind of enough I think um but okay so I I hate to be that guy but I am that guy uh Pablo Lorraine's not last movie but last uh English language movie was a, a movie called Jackie are you aware of Jackie Cody uh i only know wasn't natalie portman in that movie yep natalie portman as um, jackie kennedy the uh the late wife of uh john f kennedy right after his assassination is what that movie's about and it's the two uh are sort of parallel in a way they're about these powerful women uh who are made to be symbols i take it you've seen jackie have seen jackie okay yes that's why i'm talking about it that's fair (laughs) i had to know maybe hey You can know about Jackie and still say these are two powerful women. I'm just saying. But but the thing that made Jackie really interesting is that uh, the character of Jackie was um, hyper aware of the fact that she and the decisions that she made were going to be turned into milestones and moments and symbols in American history. That she was creating something that lived on beyond her. And Spencer tweaks that formula in a really interesting way. In that Lady Diana is not only by becoming a princess, becoming a symbol herself, but she is not just becoming a symbol for the future. She's a lin- in a lineage of symbols from the past and the way that those things interconnect and, and a broad tapestry of British history, which I thought was kind of an interesting thing. And, and it expanded on this idea in a way of like what happens when we turn regular people who have human emotions, who feel boxed in and feel uncomfortable and feel insecure about themselves and their position in the world and unhappy when we turn them into symbols. And then what happens when they don't symbolize the things that we wanted them to, when we put them up on a pedestal, like becoming a Royal and what happens when royalty doesn't suit them per se when that when that specter doesn't work for them so i i found that really interesting as like a broader examination in addition to the fact that like kristen stewart's really fucking great as uh as diana in just such an internal performance of her slowly breaking down over the course of three days i don't know did, did you see any of that in the movie i know you haven't seen jackie but any of that resonate at all i don't know i don't really know what your question is here to be fair about symbols Talking about symbols. Oh, like the like bird in a cage and stuff and all that? Or? Well, I mean, so the, the bird in the cage is kind of a metaphor for the way she felt. But the yeah. movie itself, at least my interpretation of it, was that Diana married into this family. And by doing so, she became not Diana, not Princess Diana. She became the symbol that is Princess Diana. To the British people, she is the princess. She is perhaps the future queen like she is not herself anymore she becomes something outside of herself and her ability yeah. to deal with that yeah. and the way that her inability to deal with that kind of toxic made toxic her public symbolism as well and that's kind of why everyone turned on her yeah which is kind of i guess there's conversations in this movie that end up kind of portraying that though on like the other end where it's like there's the 
there's just scenes where it's like, yeah, where she doesn't want to like conform to these, you know, natures of, of being the queen or, you know, soon to be queen, whatever. And you're right. You know, they even depict her as kind of like, oh, she's mentally unwell because she's not willing to comply. <laughs> It, I don't right? know that they depict her that way, but the family definitely views her the that fa- way. That's what I yeah. that, that's what I meant. The family depicts her like as mentally unwell. Uh, mm-hmm. On the other end of the spectrum, where it's like you have the uh, whoever Sally who plays Sally Hawkins, Maggie. That's Maggie. her name, right? Maggie. Yeah, Great character. Yeah, where she kind of I guess would represent the people, you know, on that side of things too, because there's a lot of conversation towards the tail end of that movie where they actually have like a, a day at the beach and stuff, and like mm-hmm. she confesses her awesome love, scene. and she, and she's like, oh, and then she even like leaves like a note, like they're all gonna love you and stuff. So I guess with elements of what you're like you're saying, it's like I can kind of, I can kind of see that stuff now a little bit more that I didn't really pick up on. Uh, I guess on initial viewing, but now that we're kind of talking about it, it's like, okay, so maybe more of those scenes now feel even more impactful in a way. So, um, but yeah. Yeah. And there's definitely a sort of bifurcation in this movie between, you know, the scenes when the cameras are on her and when the family sort of got their eagle eyes out, there's, there's a scene where she goes to try and visit her childhood home and immediately like she, she goes outside and someone's like, Oh, can I help you? Are you okay? Is everything all right? And it's, it's suffocating. Like the, the whole thing experience is suffocating. She, she goes to the bathroom and someone's knocking on the door. Are you all right? Are you all right? uh, My lady, like she can't even have a piece of cake. She's a prisoner. Like she's a prisoner in what is supposed to be more or less her own house. And, and like, it's one of the Royal estates, but uh, in, in every scene like that, that is sort of the impetus, but then also on the other side of things, there is uh, the scenes that she shares with her kids who are now like very famous in, in the news. Not that they weren't before, but like Harry and William are, are sort of like household names now. But as kids, like that was their mother. And, and we've seen a lot of it with, um, what's it, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, who kind of left the royal family because Harry was like, I saw what happened to my mother. Like I saw the way that this family tore them apart and I won't let that happen to my wife. And not that that necessarily is intrinsic <laughs> to the movie, but you get those, those scenes are different. You know, the ones where she's just being a mother and they're, they're sitting around the table and it's like, yes, Sergeant, uh, like tell me about your perfect Christmas. And it's like, that stuff's awesome. And like, you can tell that she takes, at, at least in this interpretation of it, you know, she takes such a profound joy in being the mother to her two kids and to, to having them in her life and, and being a part of their experience and trying to make their lives normal. But then she is, she's slowly dying inside from the way that her, the rest of her family can't provide that same safe haven to her, even in, in private. It's, um, this movie's fucking rocks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to like, kind of just expand on the whole suffocation of it all. You know, it is a drama but there's a lot of stuff going around like oh it's kind of because it's haunting because it's traumatizing Mm -hmm. in the way she gets suffocated and all these kind of scenes that play out and how she's supposed to act what she's supposed to wear what she's supposed to eat right like one of the biggest things and that's why like the ending so like cool too not to spoil the film and i don't think it will it's like she literally like she wants to actually just go through a kfc like drive-through and get a bucket of chicken that was your reference that was my (laughs) reference you got it Right. Like even what she has to eat and stuff. And so it kind of like I know it's a drama, but like in a way, it's like 
you know, the word horror gets thrown out there a lot with a lot of like reviews and stuff. I've like read psychological horror for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's just, it's crazy. It's just like, you know, we have this kind of shared mentality. I feel like, you know, with her on screen and the way Kristen Stewart depicts, you know, princess Diana in that we, we feel for her in not being allowed to, you know, have that privacy, right? Like the curtains have to be closed and they try and stitch the curtains closed in, in scenes. Well, they have to be closed because she was changing in front of them. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you're right. Going to the bathroom and, and not being able to have more than mm-hmm. two minutes. Hey, we need you back at the table or, you know, you there's a lot after the queen. Yeah. Some of the greatest scenes too, I thought were with, uh, what's his name? The, the sergeant or whatever or major major oh where he falls character yeah where he has to like come in and like he's the one who's down there like oh what are you doing down here in the kitchen and stuff when she's Mm -hmm. trying to get another bite to eat or something and especially the one and i guess this kind of can backtrack a little bit with what you're talking about i really love the conversation they had on the stairs where he talks about you know taking an oath taking an oath to the crown being part of the military and whatnot um, and that even, you know, it's bigger than her in terms of what this is. And it's like, but you still representing it. The duality of that scene is interesting, too, because you can feel the pain that he feels for what he went through because he, he talks about losing a friend mm-hmm. at, at war. And, and that scene, you're right. It is sort of like, come on, you, you've got to like. There's something bigger than the both of us, but it's also a little bit him recollecting and being like, man the things that I went through, they have to be worth it, you know? It, and, and so I, I think that that dichotomy is so fascinating because he's not just telling her like, hey, this matters a lot to people. You have to uphold your oath. It's you've been through all of this for this. Don't let it be for nothing. And I, I think that that both of those things are really interesting and valid um, arguments in, in really different ways. Yeah. And then I guess just talking about scenes and stuff, my favorite scene of the whole movie, I'd have to say, is in that, in the whatever, ballroom, whatever, wherever the pool table is. Mm-hmm. That scene, I, I seriously, like, I had, like, oh, crap. Like, I don't know. There's just something about that scene and the way Kristen Stewart depicts. I mean, I've seen a lot of movies this year, of course, but I don't know. Like, that scene in particular was just something that was just, it felt so special. And, like, just that emotional grip like at that moment and I think progressively forward till the end of the movie, the emotional grip that it has on the character that you see, which is princess Diana. And then us as the viewing audience, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's so crazy. It's just like, you feel for that moment. And I always talk about movies that have that emotional roller coaster or just an emotional grip in general are always table also, by the way. All right. Snooker (laughs) table. God, whatever, dude, to me, we're just going to play some pool. But right, like she's talking to obviously uh god dang it. What is it? Is it it's Prince Andrew? Sure, we'll go with Prince Andrew. That's how Prince much Charles, I don't... Prince Charles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know all the all of them. But right, you know, it's it's during a moment where she knows like the affair is already, you know, the affairs happen and whatnot, and then it, it comes to her kids. You talk about all those scenes with like her kids, like how she loves them. What do you sergeant and all that? And it's great. Like it just scene. shows That's that motherly scene. It is a great scene too. There's a lot of great scenes. Yeah. Uh, but like that motherly like love and stuff and that motherly love for, you know, it's on Christmas or whatever. And they're talking about like boxing day the next day. She's like, you know, 
I don't want my son to go shoot the pheasants like that, you know, because she even talks about like, hey, what happens to these pheasants? And then the cook gets involved. Oh, well, we'll save what we can. We'll feed great too. We'll feed the dogs and the rest just goes in the trash and stuff. And like, you know, generally like that's the whole bird bird in a cage metaphor that we've alluded to at the beginning of this podcast here in the segment, which is like the big metaphor of the whole movie. And just that essentially in scene credit not credits but that in scene where she just comes and runs into the field where they're shooting on boxing day and everyone holds fire and she's like i'm not leaving till i get my kids and just the pure joy when they like leave and they go in the car and they do go get the ksc bucket of chicken just to feel normal Mm -hmm. and the chef of course was the king in uh, the green knight in case you didn't know that i didn't know i don't want to say i didn't care but yes, the whole time I was like, who is that? And <laughs> who like, is oh, this guy? The Green Knight. That's right. He does the same but... voice. That's that's just his voice. Um, OK, so we've been, uh, we've been talking about Spencer. One, one last thing, I guess, before we round it up. This is the first movie I've seen this year. And it's, it's not the best movie I've seen all year or anything like that. It's it's up there for me for sure. But it's um, the first movie I saw this year, I think, where. I really felt like a performance was like a breakthrough where yeah. I felt, because we talked about this, I think maybe briefly, but there hasn't been a movie this year that's like publicly released yet where I'm just like, man, that performance is getting Oscar nominated. No doubt in my mind. And I know people have been talking about it for a long time, but Kristen Stewart is that performance for me so far. Like that, this is gold. Like I, I think if she doesn't get an Oscar nomination here, and I know this is like maybe the least interesting part of the whole thing for you, but uh, what what did you think about like uh, her performance as it re- pertains to like awards and whatnot? Oh, I, I love it. You know, you, you talk about how you need to like become the character. Like, I really do feel like she disappears into this role. Mm. She she went for what she felt was, you know, Princess Diana and stuff. And that's cool because it's like that's what now kind of we depict if you're not, you know, if you know, we're not ones to have met or whatever, but just that emotional weight too, that's carried for, from all these metaphors and stuff and that burden, that suffocation and just how, you know, you see it in her mannerisms and it is just, it's great, man. It's just, like I said, the emotional grip that she's able to pull because of the emotional attachment she has to this character. Like she went there and we felt it and there's, yeah, there's just there's something there and i would agree with you that this is the first film this year from a basically for a nomination yeah and i i think the the potential here is pretty high for no i i think kristen stewart's almost guaranteed to get a nomination but i mean i wouldn't count out pablo lorraine for a directing nomination um costumes are going to be in play for sure here um Mm -hmm. trying to think what else Uh, cinematography Claire Mathon, who uh, did Portrait of a Lady on Fire as a director of photography, that's um, that's in play as well. So this this and Best Picture, Best Pictures, uh, I don't know for sure that this is going to get a nomination, but it's definitely going to be in the conversation. Jackie was um, was kind of a powerhouse in uh, in terms of nominations, so I think we got a good chance at a lot of stuff here. So we'll we'll see. So with that, Cody, you want to round it up, but uh, in a British accent, since we're talking about the Royals? No. Come on, letterbox roundup. But just no. that part in, in, in a British accent, you can do it. I can't do it. You can do it. No. But I always do my thing. It's letterbox roundup. How can I letterbox change that? Letterbox roundup. 
There you go. See, there you, you go. did it. That's how you, you could do have it. done it. Letterbox scrum. Get... Yes. No, I can't do it. Can't <laughs> do did. it. It's too late. I don't really feel like Take I did back. it. I'm not British. I'm Canadian, eh? That's a true story. Anyways, Spencer. Four out of five stars. I loved it. One of those ones that just hit me, stuck with me. I'm surprised maybe as much as the rest of y'all who know me with Evan having to have to agree with them too. It's just, it it hurts me. Uh, Like I said, it's just kind of like a visual, like art of poetry uh, with everything that just kind of transpires on screen. If there are scenes that we're talking about that you guys just don't understand, it's like, all I can say is encourage you to go see this and stick through it from start to finish. And I think that, you know, like I said, there's something really impactful and powerful by the time this is all said and done. Uh, And again, case do the emotional grip and stuff that she has with her character is is pretty phenomenal so just for that we just talk about how twilight produced two of the greatest actors of their generation (laughs) that could be a (laughs) alternative segment maybe when the batman comes out um yeah this uh this movie is a four star for me as well very close to four and a half it's uh it's so it's so good cody it's it's fantastic all the all the things you said i um i echo to that degree um yeah Spencer, rocks. Go see it. All right, Cody, we uh, have a game this week that you've come up with. Yes. Um, do you want to describe it to the people? Well, and I want to me, first, the, to do you remember people, the title? Know, to the people, though. Do you, do you remember the title from the no, intro? of course not. Why not? You're supposed to remember. Netflix these. Minutes something. The Netflix Minutes special. You were so close. I'm very proud of you. What I'm not proud about is you drinking that 805 beer in front of me and not offering me any. Um, if you were here, you'd have one in your hand, too, because... All right, hundredth episode. Here we come. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, should we the just Netflix do a fully drunk episode for? Uh, it could be a, that could be a special that yeah whatever. Can I can I describe my game now? Yes, the Netflix minute special that obviously you don't want to play. Hey, you can come up with your own games and then you could put me in the you know you could be in the driver's seat and then put me in that position to be like oh god I'm going to direct this game. Anyways, the Netflix minute special. So. We're not going to dedicate an entire segment to Red Notice because, like Evan said, it oh, was God. boring for the most part, in my personal opinion as well. Uh, that with you have three big star actors and nothing really happens. Uh, plot twist, plot twist, plot twist, plot twist, and then another plot twist. Uh, that's how the movie ends. Um, anyways, regardless, it is the most watched, I guess, opening weekend for a Netflix original film to date. Um, so I thought it'd be kind of cool. So there's a list of the what top 10 doing to people. <laughs> so there's a list right now of the top 10 Netflix movies in the first 28 day span of its opening and the minutes viewed. So I will give you number one and I will give you number 10. And in between you'll have the, you'll have to guess essentially knowing the threshold of the most minutes and the least minutes. And then in between, obviously those minutes, and then you're going to have to guess your own minutes so as the special to buy all these movies, because I'm giving you a discount, you have, I'm going to give you 75 million to play. You with. told me a hundred before we started. I know, but now I changed <laughs> it. Cause I feel like you're going to be, it's going to be too easy. If, okay. if you're really off on the first, maybe I'll give you a hundred just to be a nice guy. Okay. But 
you haven't given me the warm and fuzzies this episode. I feel like you've attacked me in certain ways. So right now, <laughs> how's your that budget, different than normal? It's not. So I guess now I'm just holding a grudge. It's all built up over the years of this podcast. We're Are very loose on this episode, Cody. We're, we're really going for it. Bird Box is number one. I know and the it viewing, is. And the viewing hours is 282 million minutes. Ooh, I was off by 30 in the, the pre-show guess. And Murder Mystery is number 10. Okay, Sandman. that's the Adam Sandler one, right? And that has 170 million viewing minutes. So there's, there's your threshold. There's your okay. in-between. 282. So you you're going to tell me the movies? One. I'm going to tell you the movie. This is this is the English language movies, of course, right? Which yes. are the top 10 in general. Okay. Yes. So, can I guess some of them? Let's see how many I can guess. I, I don't know the order. But okay. You want to guess I, what I, movies are I in the top 10? I do know number two is Extraction. Okay, that's that's right. Um, I know Spencer Confidential's on there. It is. The Kissing Booth 3? One less. It was two. two. I knew it was one of the Kissing Booths. Um. To all the boys I love before, is one of those on there? No, it's the not on there. Booth two is. <laughs> what can I say, man? We'll that start really there. Tells we'll you st- though. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. We'll start there. The kissing booth two. What do you think the viewing is that, minutes is that was? Nine? Oh, you're not going to tell me which. No, that's what I. Order. That's where your budget comes in. This is you trying to buy all ten of these Netflix movies. Okay, okay I wasn't not listening. What was uh? What was uh? Murder <laughs> mysteries minutes. A hundred and seventy million. Okay, so Kissing Booth 2 is going to be like 190. 190, that is a good guess. It is 209 million minutes. All right, I'll take that. <laughs> so what, 190 was your guess? <laughs> it's an absurd way, just, just as a side note, an absurd way to note how much people have watched these movies. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you think it should be less or more? <laughs> the well, Irishman's let's... on there too. I know the Irishman's on there. It is um, on there. Fuck, what else is on there? I don't remember. I Army saw of this the list. De- Army of the Dead made it on there. Jesus Christ. Army you of wanna, the Dead? That's the yeah, next one? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. What movie have you seen? You've actually seen all of these, to be fair. but I haven't seen all of them, but... I think you have. I haven't seen Spencer Confidential or Extraction, uh, for sure. Oh, wow. Um, that surprises me. But we'll still... Cody, you're the Netflix watcher here. We should have a <laughs> Netflix dispatch from you after this year. Uh... Okay. All right. Um, you said Army. what? What's the movie again? Army of the Dead. Fuck. Uh, two hundred forty million minutes. Two hundred and forty. Yeah. I need to give you a bigger budget. Army of the Dead only came in at one hundred and eighty-seven. Really? Yep. Oh. Well. You you almost blew your budget in one go. Actually, you have blown your budget because that was fifty three million viewing minutes off, and the other one was twenty nine million minutes off. So what's it really? Already... I, I went with one uh, one ninety, and it was two oh nine. Two oh nine. So that's just nineteen off. I know. Oh, I said twenty nine. I can't even do math right now. It's night. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm three beers in, and I can do more math than you. <laughs> you're right, and I'm an engineer. That's pretty sad. <laughs> Anyways, your budget. So far, you had seventy two million of your seventy five million. So we're just horrible. <laughs> And I want real do, bad. I wanted to do five of these, so we have a problem here. I'm gonna carry on. I'm gonna get them on the nose. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll give you. I'll help you out. Okay, I'm gonna pick the Irishman. Yep, the Irishman for reference is between Extraction and Kissing Booth Two. Okay, so here's the deal. 
I forget every all of the the numbers that we've gotten already. Um, but that's fine. Bird I know Box Irishman number was in one towards the middle. I know two hundred eighty-two million. Two hundred forty again. Two hundred and forty. <laughs> it is two fifteen. Jesus Christ! And I did the math already. That's twenty-five million up. So I've already lost. If we went with by the any measure, <laughs> you're just not getting my discounted prices. You know. Yeah. That's exactly. All. Anyways, all right, you ready? Mm-hmm. One more, two more. Sure. Okay. Anola Holmes, unearthly. Also, oh, I did know that. That one's towards the bottom of the list. Um, okay. One eighty. That is your closest one yet. It was one ninety. You were ten million minutes off. Ten million minutes. What could one do with ten million minutes? A lot practically a lifetime (laughs) (laughs) all right the last one one of your favorites classics i'm very the old guard that movie sucked (laughs) uh 212 How, how dare you how dare you diss charlize theron like that 212 212 are you sure? Is that your final answer? I, I don't care enough to give a different answer. All right. Well, it was 186 million. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so you were you were 26 million minutes off there. I'm going to add up all I your minutes focus now. focus more on how long ago these movies came out. I feel like that was the key. No, no, no. Because it still was in... Well, that's true. Actually, the older the movie was probably still... The more still... time they had to rack up minutes. Well, no. Again, it was only for the first 28 day span. Oh, but really? Okay. That's what I told you. You really didn't care about no, this game I, at all this, to even listen. This is no, about you how much attention I pay to most Netflix movies when I watch them on Netflix. So, But you know what? You have a point, though, because more Netflix subscribers because more people and stuff eventually, I think, over time, you could have argued. Sure. It's an I argument I could have made. Care enough. It's fine. I, I know you didn't care enough. You never care enough. I don't even know why I make games when you don't even listen to my rules and want to play them appropriately. All right, Cody, we're not talking about marriage story on this episode, right? <sighs> My God. You want to know how many minutes you're off of your $75 million? Can I guess? Sure. 260 minutes. (laughs) No, you're not that bad. You're $58 million over budget. Really? Yeah. I feel like that's... Okay, whatever. That's fine. Take it. Sure. Leave it. Netflix minute special. Great game, Cody. Hopefully Netflix releases their minutes again and we can we can play another time. There's always Next, rule changes. I will challenge you with the uh, non-English language movies. There you go. There's always rule changes. We can make it different. Exactly, exactly. All right, because uh, we set it off the open here. I just got back. And when I say I got back, I didn't, I mean, I did, slept at home every day. Uh, but I was at the AFI Festival last weekend, which uh, I'll just say off the bat was a blast. Um, four days that I went, 14 movies, uh, made some friends. Uh, shout outs to uh, some of my friends, Skylar, um, Sean, Calvin, some of the people that I met. Uh, over at uh, AFI Fest that uh, that made it an enjoyable experience as well. Uh, I think you should go next year. It, it's uh, it's just a few days. It's local to us. 
would be a fun little thing. Maybe we could podcast from the fest. That would require me to sleep there. And you. You couldn't go home. I mean, it, it's like an hour away in oh. traffic. I guess we can go home. Exactly. I'll think about it, cuz. I'll think about it. So I want to open this up to you, Cody. So you've got my list of movies that I saw at uh, at AFI Fest. There, there are 14. I'll list them off right here um, in order from best to worst, just so people know off the bat. Uh, best movie I saw at the festival, The Worst Person in the World. Hit the Road, Petite Maman, Parallel Mothers, Red Rocket, Lingui, The Sacred Bonds, Ahed's Knee, Memoria, The First Wave, One Second, uh, Paris 13th District, What Do We See When We Look at the Sky, Cow, and To What Remains. So those are uh, 14 movies that I saw Uh in order, best Uh to worst. Uh, So they're all out there. Looking at that list, Cody, how many of these movies were you aware of prior Uh, to looking at this list? uh, None. None? None. I definitely brought up Parallel Mothers as one I was excited about on a previous podcast. Yeah, but just like you, I don't listen. So obviously yeah, I zoned you. You weren't aware of Red Rocket? Mm, can't say I was. Hmm. All right. Well, did any of these pique your interest? Do you have any, uh, any yeah, questions Yeah, there, there's me? two questions that I have for you okay. around two movies, at least sure. off the bat. Initially, the worst person in the world. I mean, it's your number one. You gave yes. it five stars. It was a five-star yes. film. Why is this film perfect, Evan? It's just... Okay, so this is a good time to shout out that I have actually written reviews of three movies so far that I've seen at the festival. I'm working This on is a, just a self-pat on the on back It really is. I, I oh got a lot God. done this weekend. Um, the Worst Person of the World is one of them, so you can find that at uh, spingthereal.com. I also wrote reviews for Petite Maman and What Do We See When We Look at the Sky. But uh, The Worst Person in the World for me, Cody, is... What is it? Uh, So, okay, so it's basically about this woman, she graduates from college, and she kind of sets out in the world, and she sort of bounces from, uh, she bounces from, like, uh, major to major in college, but she bounces from, like, guy to guy when she graduates, and just kind of is living her best life, but she settles down with this, uh, this cartoon artist, um, and just all of a sudden starts feeling insecure about her decisions, not ready to commit. She still doesn't feel like she's ready to like give up the rest of her life. And uh, she kind of just like meets this other guy bounces around. It's like, it's a coming of age story, but for a 30 year old. And to me, like that is so profound because we see all these movies about teenagers coming of age, like lady bird. One of my favorite movies of all time is, is maybe my prime example of this, but I'm sure you've had this experience as well. Cause we're both 27 here um like you grow up you are you become an adult you get a job but you you still feel like a kid you don't feel like you're grown up yet you know sometimes you feel like you're making the wrong decisions and and that things aren't going right going the way you want them to and like you're not a fully grown person at 30 you know what i mean and like that's the thing that the worst person in the world understands um well the main character julie in this movie feels like the worst person in the world sometimes but she's really not like she's she's a good person she tries her best and she wants to make people happy but like she can't escape that feeling that like that's who she is like she she should have it figured out by now but she doesn't and a lot of that stuff kind of resonated for me um as someone that's kind of approaching that same age it's Mm -hmm. uh and it's it's hilarious it's 
genuinely very, very funny. It's very touching. Um, it, it it's a, a the rare movie that will make you laugh through the entire runtime and then also make you cry at the end. Like it's it's fantastic. One of the best movies. Not just, to, I mean, uh, it's not going to come out this year. It'll come out next year. And it's in strong contention already for best movie of the year next year. Wow. So definitely That's... the best thing I've seen in the last calendar year. All right. That's pretty cool. I'll mm-hmm. be ready to see it. Maybe, maybe it will, maybe it will hit me. Maybe it will be just like Spencer that we just, you know, and not I, I think like it's, it's Titan. a movie you'll enjoy. I think you'll like it. So yes. my other one that I have to bring up course because i think unlike tick tick boom that you did watch which we'll talk about next week which again when hell i didn't count it in the festival because i didn't see it at the festival i know it did play at the festival my point is this i think hell has frozen over there is a french movie in here (laughs) that is at the bottom of your list paris 13 11 of 14 and you gave it i think two stars two and a half two and a half sure my point is how much would i hate this film I see, see here's the thing I don't know that you'd hate it because it's about something but oh. like literally it's just about a bunch of people who fuck each other like Ooh. I'm not even joking that's what the movie it's like this group of people who are just like sleeping with each other like not all at the same time but like it's just these relationships and they kind of get together they break up and they meet these other people and they come back to each other and it's um it's fine. It's no Pierre Lafou. It's no they're they're Cleo they're five and a good seven. time. All they're right. sleeping together, and that's wonderful. I'm very happy for all of them. <laughs> I will watch any movie that Naomi Melant is in. Um, but it's just kind of boring. Like you can you can only get through so much of this movie where it's just like, all right, great. They want to sleep together, and they want to sleep together, and they want to and that's fantastic. <laughs> it's wonderful, but like the movie doesn't really go anywhere beyond that. <laughs> So, uh, great. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I just want to know how much I potentially would either hate it. I mean, would I love it because you hated it? And that's just the opposite thing I, I don't do think with you French would hate movies. it to the extent you hated other French movies. There's my okay. answer. Wow. All right. Hey, that's good. That's good for me. You know, it's something I, I have to see it now. If you want to watch a bunch of horny Frenchmen, <laughs> this is your movie. Woohoo! All right, there's one more for sure that actually I saw you review that actually did catch my interest. Uh, the Petite Maman. Uh, Cody, that's a French movie. You know what? It caught my interest. <laughs> I don't have to tell you. Yeah. I read the description of it, I guess. Because, sto- again, you just mentioned the other one's more of a story. So I guess there's something to be mm-hmm. said. This one definitely seems like there's a story. And I actually did there watch is. the trailer. So I was like, you know you what? Watch the is- trailer. There was like a trailer on YouTube. I, 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 I Hey, man. Just as much work as you were putting in this past weekend for the podcast, I was putting in other aspects of work for this podcast. <laughs> I like how you didn't say the same amount. <laughs> I did write three reviews. I'm halfway through two more. There you go. Uh, hey, we're going to take <laughs> Pat on the back. Good job, cuz. Okay, great. Yeah, Petit Maman, I'm stoked to talk about because, uh, so this is the same director, Celine Siama. Uh, who did Portrait of a Lady on Fire, a movie that I know just also why I was Cody. Yeah, also why I was interested in this Probably one. Probably one of about. your highest rated French movies, though. <laughs> it was three stars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so Petit Maman is seventy-two minutes long, or seventy-six, maybe. That's like what's also great. I don't feel like I'm wasting my short. time if I hate this. And it's basically about a girl whose whose grandmother passes away, and she's helping her family clear out um, her old house. 
And she wanders out into the woods and meets her mother as a child. And the two become fast friends. And it's, it's just like this really breezy, kind of touching, really nice, just a very nice film with these two young girls who are sisters in real life that play the, uh, the girl and, and her mother. Um, and it's, it's just like, you're watching it and you're just having a good time. You're like, this is, this is great. Like, I, I think this is so sweet. And then the last five minutes, I was bawling my eyes out the last two, t- like both times I watched it. Um, it's, it sneaks up on you. It's really like emotive in, in a certain way. Like, I can't wait for this movie to come out the day it comes out. I'm buying it and watching it a billion times like this. This, this is the worst next- person in the world are going to be two of my favorite movies of the of, of the next year already. And Will I, this get more views than Lady Bird? Maybe because it's so short, but probably yeah. not. So you're going to show everybody. Everybody that comes over to your apartment will have to watch this I don't movie. Know, because movies that are subtitled like that are a little less accessible for some people, which is unfortunate. But I, I hope that you will watch it, Cody, because it's uh, definitely worth your time. I do. I need to keep adding to my ranked French list. So obviously it's going. You need something to break through, right? Yeah, I need I need something where I could be like, I like that. That's at least a four-star rating. So, mm-hmm. so cool. Well, did you have any other movies that you were specifically looking at? Mm, I'd say those are the, well, the reason I wanted to bring up the French because it's funny. Obviously mm-hmm. your best movie. I need to know about it because it's your best movie. I want to hear about it. The only other one that you did mention that now that we're kind of talking is uh, Parallel Mothers, also towards yeah. the top of your list. Red Rocket, now that I've actually looked at it, I did kind of take a minute to look at that. <laughs> I've, I, Red Rocket is one that I've heard of. If um, you want to see Simon Rex's dick, that's the movie for you. Yeah, if you need a warm-up, apparently you can just watch Paris the 13th District first. And then... I don't think there's any dicks in that. Oh, no, I think there's a <laughs> dick in that movie, actually. <laughs> metaphorically or much, like real much smaller than simon rex's dick oh, no, like literally literally cody all right <laughs> parallel mothers yeah so okay so here's where i will take the opportunity then to talk about the festival festival more generally uh it was kind of broken up into two pieces which was red carpet premieres and those were the big movies like tick tick boom was um had its world premiere here Parallel Mothers, this was the U.S. premiere for Parallel Mothers. King Richard uh, played at the festival, played a few other places as well. Swan Song, there, there are a handful of those. And those were at the, the um, TCL Chinese Theater proper. I don't know if you've ever been there, Cody. It's like right across from the um, El Capitan Theater on Hollywood I, Boulevard. I mean, no, I have, theater. I you've seen Iron Man 3, you've seen it. Um, anyway. So that's where the big premiere movies were held. And I wanted to go see one of those. You had to pay extra to see them. They weren't included in the festival pass. Unbelievable. And I, ch- I chose Parallel Mothers. And, and I'm really glad I did because it, it was great. Like, uh, I don't know if you've seen a Pedro Almodovar movie, um, but I watched his most recent one with, uh, with Antonio Banderas. And it was, um, it was very good. Uh, so Parallel Mothers is... Um, it's about these two women, uh, single, single women who get pregnant at the same time and, uh, are roommates in the hospital. They have their kids and their lives are sort of intertwined after this. And I, 
I don't want to give away the twist. I won't give away the twist, but like it's um don't do it. It's, Does it's Penelope Cruz kill it? Penelope Cruz always kills it for one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also at the same time, uh, Penelope Cruz's character is very interested in unearthing a uh, mass grave from the Spanish Civil War, and it's sort of this this really interesting combination of motherhood and the way that like generations relate to each other as well as the way that like generational trauma carries on by the victims of the uh the franco uh the fascist franco dictatorship in in spain um carried out like these these executions and the way that trauma resonates across generations as well it's um very very good the performances are very strong as somebody that has some Spanish family, like the the storyline was really interesting to me. And then Pedro Almodovar was there to to talk about it as well. And that dude just had nothing good to say about the uh, the the right wing fascist parties that were kind of rising across Spain and uh, and the world in the United States. He had um, he kind of was breathing fire down on the stage, and it was it was really interesting to hear. Um, so that, that was interesting. Some other things I will highlight as well. Red Rocket, uh, like you brought up, Sean Baker's new film. Really interesting, very funny, very fantastic. That's another movie that I saw the, the lead performance from Simon Rex, um, even before his enormous wiener was on screen. <laughs> um, fantastic performance. Uh, I hope it gets a nomination. I don't know that it will. Sean Baker's films have not quite had the... Uh, cachet necessarily with the academy to to do that but the the whole cast and uh, and um, sean baker were there for a q a for that movie as well which uh which was very interesting um yeah dif- difficult movie but but very good um yeah i hit the road um panapanahi's movie i need to know yeah. This is what I need to know before you continue to ramble about all your movies that you watched. And mm-hmm. again, kudos to going to the AFI Fest, putting in the work for the podcast, uh, and writing all these reviews. Which movie would I like the most? Which you movie pick would you? One. Yeah, you, which movie do you, you think would like, like Red Rocket the most? I think. Really, okay. I think so. Yeah, I think Red Rocket, and then the worst person in the world. I I think it's impossible not to like the worst person in the world. Okay. Um, yeah, so last one I wanted to highlight. There's some other, I mean, there's uh, just like briefly mentioning what do we see when we look at the sky in Memoria? We're two kind of like big name, well reviewed, well regarded um, movies that just didn't really work for me. And maybe when they come out, we can talk about that if, if they're big enough, but I, I doubt they will be. Uh, the last one I want to bring up is Panapanahi's um, Hit the Road which is like a, literally a road trip movie about a family trying to get their um, adult son out of Iran, out of Iran for, they don't exactly explain the reason the implication that I got from it is that the son is gay, but it, they don't say explicitly, but like getting him out of the, out of the country and this road trip that they're on. And it's just absolutely delightful, truly hilarious. Like as dark as it sounds like that he's being persecuted by the government, like, the movie is just a, an absolute joy. You, you'd like that movie a lot too, Cody. It's um, it's it's like a family dynamic movie that um, that is really great. So cool. AFI Fest, a lot of fun, a lot of good movies. I uh, wish I could have seen some other movies, but uh, I'm excited. I'm going to be going back next year, Cody, and I, I hope you'll join me. 
you know what? Maybe one of these days I'll get out to a festival. Today was not that day. It was not, but uh, maybe next time. All right, Cody, that does it for this week's edition of Spinning the Reel. Um, first things first, what are we talking about next week? Dude, it's obvious. It was quickly mentioned there. You didn't pay the extra $25 premium to see it. I seriously think hell's frozen over because of the initial reaction of your review, which I won't Let's spoil. Not spoil it. Not, but uh, tick, tick, boom. Tick, tick, boom. Lin-Manuel Miranda's directorial debut, um, an adaptation of Jonathan Larson's first Broadway musical, Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, Okay, that'll be our movie for next week. Uh, In the meantime, Cody, where can the people find us? They can find us at spinningthereel.com. Evan, like you said, he's he's put it on his work. I've got three reviews up from the festival, and I should have a few How's your back feeling? Never carrying all this weight. Never better, cuz. Well, I want you to know, like I said, I put in work this weekend. We are caught up on all the socials and everything. So the Instagram is caught up. The Twitter is caught up. All the good stuff we're caught up on. What are the uh, tags for the Insta and the Twitter, Cody? Oh, that's a good question. It's spinning the real R-E-E-L. And that's it. Fantastic. No dot com. We don't need it because that's the website. But again, <laughs> at the website, you could find that stuff. So if you're listening, thank you. Hopefully Evan's new friends leave a review. are listening and Evan's new friends could leave a review and be like, oh my God. You ever I- want to be on the podcast? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take you. But I uh, appreciate you guys. Appreciate your time. I appreciate you, Evan. I'm going to say it. You too, Live. guys. On the podcast. It's, that's very heartwarming. Because as much as we disagree. We, we agreed yeah, this week. We agreed for the most part this week. So I appreciate you. Next week I might hate you. But this week I appreciate you. I hope you'll say it then too. All right. Well, you know what I should say right now? What we always do. Bye. Bye.